Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Your Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and I am joined by Link Keller. Yo, what's up? And for the first time ever on the show with me, I think. <laughs> I don't think that's true. With us t- together? I think really? we've been together really? before. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Kayla Dvorak. Hello. Hi, team. It's just us today. Yeah. So uh today's topic is something that we talk about often like we allude to it but we don't we haven't spent time talking about it for 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 a long time um and that is using media specifically to say something that you feel like you're unable to say like we often talk about how we you know we different ways that we can use media to identify and to relate but there's so many examples that I have of being able to like my whole start with this, with this concept was me feeling like I didn't have the words to express myself and then to be able to, to just point to a reference or to a show or to a game was invaluable for me. And to know that, you know, we've helped a whole bunch of people do that as therapists, as teachers, just being open to that is, is, is really cool. So that's, so that's what I want to talk about today. And I figured I would, um, I'd start with an example that I just, just read like an hour ago. So I'm reading a novel called Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow. And it, at the beginning, it has, it has a, a meta example of this, which is even, which I like even more, um, where it's these two kids at a hospital and one of them um is is sick because he was in an accident and the the girl that he's talking to has a sister who has cancer but like she doesn't want to talk about the fact that her sister has cancer so when the kid asked her the the boy asks her how like why she's there what's wrong with this her sister and she just says you know she has dysentery and she kind of just makes that makes a gaming reference and doesn't actually you know talk about what it is and i think he gets it it's like okay you're not you're not going to really tell me what what it is but i get it and they just keep talking and, and, and playing. And that's an example of like, oh, you know, like it's something serious, but maybe I don't want to talk about it. Maybe I, I, I don't want to say the word cancer, but here's a reference that you would understand. People can die from this. People can die from dysentery. And it's a, a, a good reference. So that one just came up. That one's fresh in my mind. Um, so curious, uh, Kayla, what do you, what, what comes to mind when we, when we talk about this, any examples that you can think of or you've you've experienced back in the day back or even now with your day. students? Um, you, you know, I don't know if I use uh, that as much now. Um, I have been thinking about this a lot and I was like, I don't, maybe I've just been f- removed from it for so long. <laughs> um, but my brain goes um, to this book that I'm obsessed with <laughs> and I talked about it already but there's this like quote or this part in the book where what's the book what book uh it's the masquerade series so um I don't know which book there's three books currently but basically um she's an anti-hero so you want to learn more about that you can listen to that episode whenever it's up on whenever it's up on spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts 
But there's this quote, like she says something, someone says something to her when she's basically like, she can't figure out what the truth is. Um, and like has a tendency to really not see like the larger picture with everybody on like everybody else. Like she thinks she's the only one manipulating pieces, but other people have agency. And one character says to her, um, you like, you're going to know it's the truth because the truth hurts. Um, and I think that's useful when we think about uncomfortable truths, truths we don't want to know about ourselves, right? Which oftentimes we find those things out in therapy or as we're trying to unpack ourselves. That's what came up for me. Do you, have you, or could you, could you see yourself using that, that phrase or that quote? Um, I could. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. I think so. Like uh, <laughs> for myself also, just like for myself, I think I, I read that and I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of true sometimes. Um, and I think I, I, I think definitely maybe not in those exact words, but I think as therapists, um, you often find yourself saying something similar, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Link, what, what, what does your mind go to? Well, when you uh, brought up this topic idea, my immediate thought was the um, scene from Schitt's Creek where David uh, tells his friends basically that he's pansexual, uh, but in not so many words, it is couched within a wine metaphor, uh, which for the people who haven't seen Schitt's Creek, highly recommend, but I will read this short section to you. Uh, so Stevie, David's friend, uh, says, so to, just to be clear, I'm a red wine drinker. And David says, that's fine. Stevie says, okay, cool. I only drink red wine. And up until last night, I was the under the impression that you two only drank red wine but i guess it was wrong i see where you're going with this um i do drink red wine but i also drink white wine and i've been known to sample the occasional rosé and a couple summers back i tried a merlot that used to be chardonnay which got a bit complicated oh so you're really just open to all wines i like the wine and not the label does that make sense yes it does and i think it's that perfect. scene is so good because the it's not a joke about David's sexuality. Mm -hmm. the The funny comes from the metaphor of them being in like a wine aisle in a store having this conversation, and Stevie is a little uncomfortable, and so couching it in that metaphor, but then totally understanding what he's saying and affirming that, and it's just really beautiful, and it's something as. Uh, I don't identify as pansexual, I identify as bisexual, but functionally in this instance applies the same way. And so it felt very much where I was like hooting and hollering and pointing at the TV going, in me, in me. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so um, I haven't really had to like come out to anybody in that way, but like if I was this, I would just send them this scene on yes. YouTube. Yeah. Um, I have definitely heard from uh, not personal acquaintances, but people online, I have heard them talk about like legitimately used 
this line, use this scene to come out to their family as a way to be all like, I hope, I hope having this language will help somebody understand what I am trying to show them about myself. And when it works, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. It me, it me. That, that's it. it. Me. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the I don't think I've ever told the story on the show before. By the way, this is the 360th episode. It's episode 360. Wow. I don't know. That's kind of cool. Um, so for 360 episodes, I don't think I've told this story. But I was once in a enrolled in a uh, MBA program. And one of the first courses that I took, uh, you know, you had to buy a book. And it came with a DVD. And the DVD had film clips had scenes from movies and this professor um, or the, the way the book was written was that it was demonstrating business concepts through scenes in popular movies. That was so helpful for, to me as a student, whether I knew the movie or not, just like to see this story um, version, right? This, this dramatized um, scene to explain different concepts that we were, that we were covering in the MBA program. I thought it was so cool. So once Geek Therapy started, like I, I noticed I was doing that for other things. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to say this, but that's it. That's exactly it. Like that feeling, that emotion, that look on that person's face, that's how I feel. That situation that just happened, that that's me. That's exactly how I feel. And it has been, it has been so helpful. It has been helpful in multiple ways. Sometimes to actually explain to someone else, like... Like if I was pansexual, I would send him that that link, right? That that uh, that that scene. I think that's that's great. And there's there's lots of different examples um, um, like that that I've I've had over the years. But then some of them, I've also had that experience where it's like by seeing it externalized and seeing someone else going through it, but me not having been able to like I didn't even realize that I was going through it until I saw somebody else go through it. And to see that in a scene is really cool. One version that I have talked about in the past was there's an episode of Doctor Who with David Tennant where he realizes that like he's beginning a transformation, but he realizes that that transformation isn't immediate. Like the moment that he realizes that it's going to happen, he's like, oh shit, it's going to happen. But then he's like, oh, wait a minute, but it's not, it's not, it's going to take a while. So then he goes and he takes the time to say goodbye to his friends and do a whole bunch of stuff. I remember the first time I saw that scene, I was frustrated because I was trying to lose weight and I, I just couldn't do it. And watching that scene, I was like, oh, right. Like, this is a process. This is something that takes time. This isn't something that, that just happens from one day to the next. I have, like, there's stuff to do. <laughs> it's not going to happen from one day to the next. And it was, it was so weird. It was like a mirror, like being, like just seeing it, seeing my, I saw myself in the character and of course, the show has nothing to do with that. That scene has nothing to do <laughs> with what I was thinking or how I was feeling. But that's what um, that's what came to mind, and I've I've I reference it often when I when I kind of want to convey that idea because sometimes it's easier for me to say you know to bring it up in that context than it is for me to just say the words like "Hey, it's a process. It takes time." I know. You know, but there's there's a different there's a, there's it's a very different emotional uh, vibe <laughs> depending on the on like the piece of media. 
Any other examples? Kayla's like thinking so hard. I wish y'all could see. <laughs> <laughs> I have another one. Um, uh, Jim from Our Flag Means Death, mm-hmm. non-binary royalty. Uh, <laughs> again, haven't actually had to use this in my real life because um, <laughs> I don't meet new people. <laughs> 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 Um, but, uh, if I were to try and explain non-binary in, uh, an accessible mediated way, Jim would be my go-to, especially Mm. the scene, um, where after Jim's truth has been revealed and the rest of the crew is like, what do we do now? Like, what, what's the vibe? What? And Jim's like, nothing's changed. I'm just Jim. And everybody's like, yeah, okay and are just on board with it and it's so great and i love it so much i love jim god i wish we had a release date for the next season Ah! wait in a while wait a minute cry what is the actor's name uh vico ortiz Mm -hmm. Which, uh, like, I like the character to explain non-binary identities, but also the real person uh, who is very openly queer and fantastic, and I love them very deeply. And also, uh, they have become my like fashion goals because I think they look so sharp, and I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, I, I'm I fully support like building up a catalog. You never know when you're going to need those scenes. You never know when you're going to need yeah, them. Yeah, kind right. of. Now they're at the red. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going to go for. Uh, I'm trying to think. What, for when the, you meet a stranger. The For when that maybe eventually happens. Um, no, I mean, like, one of the things I struggle with uh, as far as non-binary representation goes is, like, there's not zero. Like, there are characters that are canonically non-binary, and it's within the context of the show a lot of the times they are non-human characters we get a lot of uh shapeshifter aliens um i can't double trouble that's not their name um the the shape-shifting character from she-ra and the princesses of power who i did really like that character but it it feeds into the same thing where it's like a lot of non-binary characters will be you know robots androids shapeshifters some sort of humanoid alien creature um non-human and so one of the things that is special about jim is like is this a show about pirates like there is some fantastical elements but ultimately it is within our existence uh and so it's like that that is a regular human person and that's like me it me yeah. it me <laughs> oh Absolutely. what is okay i don't know why i can't remember this but it's because adhd probably uh why there's a word for when you get put on the spot and you you have difficulty explaining something and i've heard it thrown around recently stage fright <laughs> no <laughs> um <clears throat> And I, I was trying to Google it now, and I cannot find it. Actually, Uh-oh. let me ask ChatGPT real quick. <laughs> I'm sure they'll know. They might lie to you. 
They might, yeah. But at least I'll feel good. They'll, they'll tell you the truth, but they will make up fake resources. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yes, That's true. exactly. They're calling it expressive aphasia. I interesting. Maybe is there another term? Uh, that's that's very interesting. That sounds uh, like less like explaining something and more just like here we an go. expression of your own emotional state. I found it. Okay, no, it gave me it gave me the answer eventually. Alexithymia. That's the one I'm thinking mm. of. Alexithymia. A term used to describe difficulty in identifying and describing emotions, which can oh, sometimes be interpreted as difficulty in explaining one's internal state. I see. That's the word I was thinking of. Okay. Thanks, ChatGPT. <clears throat> so I, I, feel, I feel like this is very relevant for anybody who, who has alexithymia. And I've been thinking about that term a lot lately because I've seen, I've been observing it at my job where sometimes like I get put on the spot and suddenly I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I see it happening among other people as well. And I'm like, man, like, Maybe put it in writing because like when they're put on the spot, it's hard. It's hard to to explain stuff. And and I mean, I, I've been like that since I was a kid. That's why I love this idea of being able to say it me. That that's it. That's how I feel. It that's me. the thing. <laughs> now with clients, I used to have this experience a lot because I would have them um, either play something or watch something or read something in session. So. To see someone be like, okay, no, yeah, let's just read some comic books. You don't want to talk today, no problem. You know, if anything comes up, let me know. And then to have somebody say like, Batman and Robin, like that's like me and my dad, or like, oh, that um, Green Lantern series where he's like, he he he's being shown different versions of himself across different universes. That's how I feel because when I'm at different houses, I have to be a completely different person, and and I don't like that. It's like, oh, okay. And it was just basically, it came up for them because of the media. It's like, that that's it. It me. <laughs> Is that the name of the episode? It me? It, it could me. be. It could be. Yeah. So I, I used to see that all the time. And I think, I think it's just something so powerful to just let it happen. Instead of, I mean, you can kind of set it up, right? Like you could do it in a way where you were like, okay. All right. Link is my client today. Uh, let me see. Maybe our flag means death. Maybe, maybe I can show <laughs> one of these episodes. Maybe it'll resonate, you know, but, uh, and, and, and that works too. It's like, you know, let me know, is this how you feel? But even better, um, than, than when you kind of set it up that way or see how you do feel, I think is, is also the opposite where it's, where you're like, oh, that made me feel terrible. Like I hate that scene. I hate that scene so much. Yeah. It's like why? 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 Why has it got you feeling that way? It's like because that's the opposite of me. I would never do that. That's the that's the opposite of what I would do. That's the opposite of how I feel. <laughs> that's a representation of the shadow work I've been avoiding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> it but me, how often does that but with a really sad face <laughs> like how often does it happen that you that you're watching something and you just get so pissed for that reason because like you would never do oh, yeah. that yeah yep any examples recently any any examples recently yeah or i mean ever oh okay. well alex from supergirl drives me up to the wall <laughs> and i just finished supergirl so um, and I, I think I actually messaged Laura and was like, I really do not like Alex. Like, I just, 
she's just was Lara okay with that no Lara <laughs> I, think so. I no. think so yep yep <laughs> I think that would go well <laughs> yeah yeah oh. I mean I suppose you could use the relationship between Lena Lena Luther and uh Supergirl as as a reflection of somebody it's like if they're in a interesting friend friendship with their best friend uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that's a whole interesting dynamic that you could potentially use as people try to navigate complicated feelings towards their best friends yeah this is why i've, I've uh <clears throat> this is one of the reasons why i i i mean i don't read a lot of fiction but now that i'm reading more fiction i'm pushing myself to read romance and friends mm-hmm. to lovers mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff because i'm like i never never i don't i don't want to i don't mm-hmm. want to i don't want to deal with that outside of my general life and i'm like okay let's see that's why like this book this tomorrow tomorrow and tomorrow is is all about that <laughs> it's about these two kids who who meet and like they they i think that they're best friends and and they start making video games together fun and, and yeah and so i don't know that's all I know about it, but I was I was intrigued. I heard it was pretty good. Book talk recommended it, so you know. Speaking of books, there's there's a series that I really like. Uh, it's Magic of the Lost. Uh, there's a there's supposed to be like a trilogy. So the first two books are out: uh, The Unbroken and The Faithless. But in The Unbroken, there's this uh, saying um, that they're not like so. There's it's rooted in like colonialism and the oppressor, you know, being kind of having a revolution and like being kicked out of the land that they are occupying. But they don't, the, the people, the indigenous people to, to the land don't actively talk about, like outwardly talk about the revolution, right? Instead they say, um, be the rain because it's also a really dry area. It's kind of modeled after Morocco. And so, but when you think about it, right, like they're communicating something um, like be the rain, be be the hope for the next tomorrow or that there will be, you're not gonna suffocate under these, these people anymore. Uh, and it becomes like a mantra throughout like the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, like, there's a whole big scene where they're like, be the rain. Which I think is interesting when we think about it. When For me, when when I first read it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I feel that I have been there. I get that as, as somebody who participated in the 2020 protests here in Minneapolis. So um, I think it was a really pivotal first time reading it. Um, but I think you can use it uh, in relation to a lot of things. So so like, but what was it for you, like for you then when you read it? Did you like, what, what were your feelings? Yeah, we, you know, so it was like, kind of like, you know, taking like, reading it the first time I was like, yeah, that felt that feels like how I felt in those moments um participating in those in those protests and being down there with everybody else who 
were showing up because enough was enough for them, right? In the same way that it was kind of playing out in a, in a similar way uh, in in this book, right? Um, but it but instead of you know they had you know they had to be like sneaky so they didn't get in trouble, right? So they came up with a different kind of saying. Um, yeah, and I think when you wait for rain in a drought, uh, but you can be the rain, right? Yeah. Like you can be that change. Yeah. This, this reminds me like there's a big difference between watching something and getting a trigger, right. Or getting, um, activated by something mm -hmm. because it reminds you of a traumatic time. Like this could have been something like that, right. For you. Yeah. But in this case, it seems like it was more like, fuck yeah. Right. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's, 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 that's what it was yeah. like. Right. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't a reminder of a, of a bad day. It was, a it sounds like it was a reminder or it was representative of it resonated with you because mm -hmm. it represented your, how you felt at that time, the yeah. parts that were like the, the reasons why you were there, the reasons why you absolutely. were motivated. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. There's a huge difference, right? There's a huge difference. Yeah. By something and you're like, no trauma, yeah. get away from me. <laughs> absolutely. And just being like, huh? That's a good representation yeah, of my it was feelings like, at that time. <laughs> it was like v validating in a way. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting for like a book of the, excuse me, a fiction like a, a fictional book to be able to produce. Um, yeah. In in you. Where's your uh, be the rain tattoo? I don't have that. I do have a sticker though because okay. I pre-ordered I pre-ordered the second book, and part of pre-ordering the second book was uh sh the author she sent out um stickers and that yeah. was one of the stickers now do you like i i, I hope we've we've painted a clear picture for listeners of like what you know the concept of what we're saying just basically using media as a representation of something that you know of your feelings or of a particular experience and so do you all find it easier to or do you resonate more with with scenes like that when it's in a book in a comic book in a in a movie in um and we'll get to this in, in a bit but also i like i want to connect this to D D and and like being able to create those those moments right where you like oh this is familiar i think i'm gonna <laughs> i think i'm gonna play the, i think i know how this one plays out i'm gonna play it this way i've seen this film before <laughs> yeah 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 and I will be the rain. <laughs> yeah. So is there a particular medium that you find that it uh, you resonate or you have more of those moments of resonance? I'm not always the most active like show watcher. So like, uh, I mean, I think I consciously paid attention to maybe 45% of Supergirl <laughs> <laughs> and like had it on in the background as I was like reading or whatever. Um, so like, I'm not always like super engaged in the stories that I'm seeing on TV, um, which is a different experience for reading for, for me. Reading is much more, uh, immersive yeah. and kind of always has been like, I can ba basically get really visual with it. Um, and I think I find reading something that's like really pivotal or like impactful to 
at times be more meaningful for me than <clears throat> seeing it on TV. Though I have had moments where I've been like, oh shit. <laughs> um, like there is a re there's a very distinct reason I don't like Alex and it's more trauma based than anything. <laughs> uh... Yeah. I think she's too much of a cop. <laughs> and I, I have a real hard time with those characters who just run in guns blazing, don't ask questions, want to be super rigid. It is a cop show. It is a procedural. Sure. You're right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it but is. But also it's like, the what, what is the agency called? The uh, Shield? D-O- -E <laughs> The Shield. It is the, the it's Shield Light. Department of... <laughs> Shield? It's like the extraterrestrial. It's, it's, yeah, it's D. It's called DEO. Listen, the I only watch. Right, right. Listen, yeah. I only watch Supergirl for Lena Luther and Supergirl. Fair enough. For the subtext, that's really all. All I did watch it for. I think. I think for me, I agree in that books. Like I think. I think part of it is like purely the medium, right? Is that in books you are just reading and engaging your minds in that way. You're not seeing pictures. You're not hearing music. You're just the book and your brain gets to fill in what it, what it wants from there. And so I think it's easier for us to apply that to ourselves because it's not tied to a person who exists, has form, takes a physical space when you're watching, you know, TV shows, even animated stuff is like, Obviously, I've had a lot of really impactful movie moments and TV show moments, um, but I think just just the aspect of like, I can be like, well, that person is like me, but because they don't look like me, there's just a little bit of a distance there. But with books, it's you can be a little bit more loosey-goosey with it. Obviously, that's contextualized. Some books are very obvious about who their characters are, and it's like, well, that's definitely not me. Um, yeah. But yeah. because you're not seeing somebody say those things, it's like you can be all like, that was said to me for me. Um, I think comics are sort of in between because like books, they have more space for us to just sort of imagine and fill in, uh, in, yeah. the, in the gutters and stuff. Um, but uh, again, because there is already like a character design up applied to it, sometimes it makes the... Uh, it, it just adds a little bit of distance. And I think it that means it's still a good tool for using to connect with people. Um, partly because of that little bit of distance, um, if you, for example, what happened to me this weekend is I brought up uh, The Locked Tomb and I was very excited about it. And the person was like, oh, yeah, I started reading that book and I uh, returned it immediately because oh. I hate the way that it's written. And I'm just like... I'm glad I practice geek therapy all the time because I'm not taking that personally. <laughs> but uh, a couple of years ago, that might have really hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> she just yucked your yum, not she, deliberately. But, you know. <laughs> I don't think she realized, like, I brought it up sort of nonchalantly. So I don't think she realized yeah. she was yucking a, a big yum for me yeah, yeah. so much as just like, oh, you mentioned a book and I don't like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think having that little bit of space um, did make it a little bit easier. If you don't get the reaction that you're hoping for, um, maybe it won't be uh, personalized and hurtful or less so. It's um, such a disappointment. It is. It's written differently, but it's a really fantastic book. I mean, the reasoning she gave is she didn't she doesn't like sci fi written in present tense. Mm. 
I don't have beef with that. I can yeah, understand why somebody yeah. might. It's not your style. It's not to your taste. Obviously, you bounced off of it because that's the way that it's written. So um, I get it. But yes, it was uh, obvious. I'm using a book example here, so it doesn't really fit with what I was just saying. But that's fine. You guys get it. The point being is like it gives you a little bit of space. I like the idea of, I mean, God, I do need therapy, but <laughs> if I if I were to get a new therapist, I uh, would probably put together like a PowerPoint <laughs> to just explain, you know, my basic background and everything. And I would I would yeah. absolutely fill it up with like gifts and shit from yeah. from shows that I like and quotes from books that I like to be all like here. I'm trying to I'm trying to paint you a picture about who I am as a person. Um uh that's that's interesting for me because i think it partially because i have aphantasia i can't picture anything that i'm reading in a book oh so so since i it's can't visualize totally it. So, i'm so brain. sorry that's cool yeah. no i think this I'm, is great this is great for the conversation it's yeah. great but i i i think <laughs> i'm sorry for I think you but i'm sorry oh. that you the visual i mean that's that's partly why i like books is because i can it's like a whole thing you get your own little movie yeah. experience. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, for me, there's nothing like a super expressive anime or or a movie, right, where like somebody's just sobbing or like like uh, someone's uh, acting, right? Like I appreciate it so much, and it really helps me be like, oh, that, like that's a feeling. That's the mm. feeling that I've got because I can't I can't draw for shit. I can't yeah. picture it in my mind. <laughs> so to be able, that's why it's so important for me to like, oh, that picture, it was, it's been captured right there. Or that process from serious to, to sad or to happy or whatever that is, is so, so helpful for me. And I don't know, there's something also like the dynamic nature of it. And uh, for example, my, <clears throat> I, I think I've, I've, I've done a good job in helping my own therapist understand how I'm thinking. So one time she was like, oh, sweet. I get the feeling that your brain is like, she goes, have you ever seen the movie Eraser? <laughs> I was like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, and Vanessa Williams. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I was like, yeah, that, that, that's a deep cut, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. She's like, do you remember there was a scene where he throws a bomb and the bomb jumps up into the air and it breaks up into a bunch of little bombs. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like a scatter bomb. She's like, yes, like you seem so scattered right now. Like your brain, it's like, it's like an, like a bomb from eraser. So, so right. And she's like, it goes like, and it's just going in all directions. I was like, yeah. So now whenever I'm like kind of scattered in a, in a, in a session, like we'll refer to an eraser bomb. And like, I know exactly what it is. And I have that, you know, like I can, the, the movie version of like, it's, yeah. it's flying all over the place in many different directions. And it's, it's, things like that where it's like yeah no absolutely that's my brain that's my brain right now thank you thank you for the visual <laughs> and it's that's been great it's been super helpful yeah yeah that's amazing yeah i do i do wow. think that that talking about your aphantasia i i do think that that is really important to touch on for us because you know a lot of therapists and educators and social workers listen to us. And I think that that's really important to, to recognize is like, yes, using media to connect with people is really important, valuable, works well. It does require understanding the person who you are talking to. Like if, if you keep quoting poetry at someone who's like, I don't read poems, 
I don't see the imagery in my head. I don't feel it the way that you feel it. You're just going to be hitting a hitting a brick wall. And so finding the thing that that they do connect to is really important. Yeah. I also have a type of face blindness, right? Oh. Which is like prosopagnosia. Mm-hmm. And that one it's like I can't even draw my emotions, you know? Like I can only do emojis. See, talking about that makes me wish that Lara was here because she watches all of the uh, the medical procedurals. But I think that that, that would be yeah. a good thing for this topic is that there, like, there are examples of, you know, rare diseases yeah. and disorders that show up, you know, on Scrubs and Grey's Anatomy and Chicago 911 oh, yeah. or whatever. And people get to be like, did you watch that episode? Because they talked about that disease that I have. Like, isn't that cool? It's true. Oh yeah, I mean that's a great example. Yeah, my wife is has heterotaxy, and uh, what is heterotaxy? Great question. Uh, so, <laughs> which episode should I watch? Of uh, I think you can Grey's see Anatomy. it on I think you can see it on ER and Grey's Anatomy, uh, but basically it's when uh, body parts are mixed up. Like um, I think one of the episodes in like ER, the heart was like on the opposite side of the body. Oh, um, they were like, oh, it's not working. Um, and in her case, like it's different really for everyone, but in her case, it caused her to have half a heart. So, oh, sure. um, and then like other kinds of organ stuff. Um, but like the only, like people don't really know about it, right? Like it's, it's rare yeah. and she's like one of the oldest living yeah. with her condition. And, uh, but I think we, I remember watching, we were watching like ER or Grey's Anatomy once. She's like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> like, you can't find his heart because it's on the wrong side, you know? Yeah. 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 I, oh, that reminds me. Shit. That's actually where what I tell when I ex- will tell people, I will be like, yeah, you know, like you ever watch Grey's Anatomy and like the, <laughs> there's like an episode where this comes up and they're like, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> there was a, there was a show that I watched. I can't remember what it was right now. But where there was a mother with bipolar disorder and they showed it from the kid's perspective how the mom was just so tired some days you know like how she was she was so excited and was able to to i don't know like be so fun right and then after a couple of weeks like she she'd slow down and then be unable to get out of bed and i remember being it being the first time where i was like that's exactly what it was like to live with my mom. Like that was my experience. That's exactly what it was like for me. And to be able to see it that way, like, I don't, I don't think I'd ever had really the, the ability to describe it. And I still don't as well as that show was able to demonstrate it in. um, I remember it was in mythic quest. Have either of you seen mythic quest? Yes. So remember the show. It's good. So the, it's the it's the flashback episode when um he's he's thinking when his mom takes him to the paint store. Yep. Right? And yep. then afterwards, right, she's she's in bed and she doesn't want to get up and she's just like crying and like that scene in that show. That show's I think that show is great. I, I that love show that show is so fantastic. much. Fantastic, yes. I know. And and so that episode in particular, I was like, that's it. That's that was my childhood. That's what my it was my experience and it was my mom's experience. And I had never, I feel like I was never able to describe it and I'd never seen it before other than the version that I lived through. That shit's powerful. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and helpful. <laughs> Very helpful. Yeah, I think oh. it's like it's powerful in like the internalized experience of getting to see yes. an aspect of you reflected. Yes. Uh, and then the secondary benefit is being able to use that as a way to explain yes. to other yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, or like you said, you said earlier, Josue is using it as shorthand for yeah. which that's media, baby. Is <laughs> oh, it is yeah. it is uh, the way to communicate, and yeah. and so it is a way to communicate how our internal experience is. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I thought of another example, <gasps> but it's I not about too. me. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess. Uh, anyways, uh, the the show Fleabag, which I love so much, such a great show. It's two seasons. Highly recommend it. It is worth it. Um, the second I started watching it, and I immediately sent it back to the store. <gasps> no, <laughs> um, that's heartbreaking. Uh, but uh, at, after you know, w- without getting like into the nitty gritty details, the the first season ends with this big blow up between the main character Fleabag and her sister. Um, and then the second season starts, and Fleabag has they haven't reestablished their relationship, but Fleabag has gotten better within her own life. And she goes to this dinner with her uh, dad and soon to be stepmother and sister and the sister's husband and and the priest and the priest, um, and the priest. <laughs> we love the priest uh, but they have this relationship dynamic within the family where the flea bag flea bag is the flea bag of the family and everybody treats her like that and and she expects to be treated that way but in this new setting they're all coming back together there's this moment where you're like oh the, the family's gonna notice how much Fleabag has changed and improved and someone's going to comment on it and like be like, that's great. We love that for you. No, they reinforce the old just sort of abusive relationship interactions that they all have within each other. And I used that as a way to explain to a friend that it's like this feeling of when you go home and you're like, I feel like I'm a teenager again. My parents won't yeah. stop treating me like I'm a teenager. And then I react to that as though I am a teenager and I don't know what to do with this. And I was like, have you seen Fleabag? <laughs> just be able to like, look, look, this is, it's not just you. This is the thing that happens where people yeah. like, you have a baseline understanding of the way people interact within this group. And so you follow the script that applies to it, even when obviously people grow and change and, and our relationships grow and change. And so it's like the flexibility should be there, but it's not always there. And sometimes people just fall back on their old habits and it can be so frustrating and exhausting. And then the way that, you know, that scene in Fleabag ends up shaking out is, Uh, Fleabag does something really, really powerful and selfless for her sister, but in a way that fulfills all of the expectations that all of her family already has of her. So it's this really great, like, two steps forward, one step back moment for her. But because we have seen that she's had some sort of growth, we're hoping that's like, you see it too, right, Fleabag? Do you see it? It's not like, oh, you're going to be okay, baby. Um, And she was. And she was okay. It's a good show. Everybody should watch it. That's a perfect example of uh, family systems 
Like yes. When you, when you leave a system, right, uh, that system is going to equalize sub- and continue to do what it's doing while you're off doing your own thing yeah. and changing as a person. And which is why when we go home, we feel that way, right? Because we're reinserting into a system that isn't necessarily changing. It's just finding a new way to equalize without you actively in the system all the time. Question I like is like, you know, what TV family is your family like? Oh, man. Like? <laughs> Should make that a whole yeah, so different That question is very insightful. <laughs> I know. I know. That's actually a it good actually idea. It actually is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Should be a topic. <clears throat> um, th- th- then I'll, I'll set it aside so we can talk about it another day. But uh, Kayla, you did mention before the example of um, Be the Rain and how it was like validating. And I think I think that's um, a part of it that we haven't really talked about, but I just want to reference that that also applies to the flea bag example, where maybe you've you've you you didn't. It's not just helpful because it helps you express something that is hard for you, but also sometimes you think nobody else has experienced this, and just by the act of it existing in a story, you you believe possibly you you see it as like, oh, I'm not alone in the world. Someone cooked this up. There's probably other people who who either have lived through this and possibly even feel the same way about about watching this as I do. Yeah. Uh, Kayla, you said you had one more example. Yeah, I was thinking about um, the Guardians of the Galaxy video game. I don't know if either of you played it. Uh, The Telltale. I haven't, but I've been struggling to think of a game example. Square Enix one. So this, I think, it resonated really well with me and. It's really just about grief and loss. Uh, and like, so, um, what is his name? The one that wears the mask? Peter Quill. Peter yeah. Star Lord. Sorry. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, like, he's my least favorite character. You're like, the one that wears the he's, mask, and my brain's like, Phantom yeah, of the Opera. He's, he's my least. That's not what we're talking he's, about. He's, he's my least favorite I'm paying Guardian, attention. So, to be fair. Um, but Same. so it, it parallels, right? So he, the whole thing is kind of like, it's almost like a mind, mind flare has like gone in and like they're, they're kind of like making him think that they can change uh, what's happened. And what has happened is Peter Quill lost his mom um, and he couldn't do anything to stop it. And then in this same kind of parallel, this daughter of, one of his exes or whatever like her mom also died but then it kind you kind of get like sucked into this weird like process of like this kid is trying to undo it or try to change it and trying to make it not that um and i think it's a really great representation of like the way we can move through grief right and how we can get stuck and and so instead of having really talk about it you can like just immerse yourself in this game and be like, <laughs> feel those feelings without actually having to like talk about it. Right. Um, yeah. It's a, I actually really liked the game. I thought the story in was pretty great. Um, and the mechanics were good. Uh, and I was like, man, we really, all of us are just really working through grief. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I think at that time it was like the sixth or seventh game I had played that like one of the core things was like grief. <laughs> and I was like, man, all right, well, that's okay. These game devs are going <laughs> yeah, through no, it, right? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I I was struggling to think of a game example. I couldn't really 
pull anything very specific, but I do keep thinking about What Remains of Edith oh, Finch, yeah. which is one of my all-time favorite games, yeah. very much about death and yes. grief. I've absolutely used it as a conversation starters of like, these are the different family members and how they dealt yeah. with the grief of, of losing, you know, their partners, their children, et cetera, uh, parents, and so on, and, and reflecting that back, you know, onto the person I'm talking about the game with, or as was generally the case, forcing them to play. <laughs> you have to play this game. It's important. Um, and just being like, okay, well, who do you, who do you feel most like? Do you feel like Edie? Do you feel like, uh, Edie's daughter like how how who who are you relating to in their relationship with this monument to grief it's like mm, delicious conversation stuff but yeah mm -hmm. game I think games are are on the like harder ends to pull this this kind of relating to off because so many game experiences are are by player, right? It's like you and I, we can play, we can all three play Mass Effect and have emotional reactions to the things that happen in Mass Effect, not necessarily the same because the way that we play is Absolutely. different and the shepherd that we made is different and that sort of stuff. So it's like a little bit harder to get there, but um, obviously there are games that are very narrative focused, character heavy. Those are a little bit easier to point to. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Depends. It turns out depends the, the medium is the message and uh, <laughs> it depends. It huh. depends what media you are talking right. about uh, and how you'll relate to it and how it'll impact you. I do find it hilarious that we are having this conversation and none of us has, has brought up music because I feel like music is such a big one for people to be all like, this music is my heart song. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, this one lyric is like the, I'm gonna get it tattooed on me because that's that it me it me. Um, so so it, uh, I, I like that you mentioned this because I, I thought about it, but I left it off to the side <laughs> because I have lyric tattoos. So I I believe it. So so, but I've kept bringing up the word resonance, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's when I when I teach DT, that's that's exactly. It's all about that resonating with yes. the the media. We have a music podcast that I've never. It's one. Of, I think it's one of the best things uh, at least I've ever made. And we haven't published a single episode yet. <laughs> but the name of the show is Resonance because I think that music is the most powerful piece of that because, and it feels like a separate conversation when it comes to, to music because music is, it doesn't even have to have lyrics. Mm. Like, and you can still feel something, yeah. right? And it resonates with you. And music can tie to, like you can be listening to a piece of music while you were having an experience and then that that music is tied forever with that and it's it's a it's like it's harder to explain and it's not exactly it's definitely related um oh yeah but this is more like narrative right that i think we're what we're what we're referring to here and i'm, and, I'm uh, trying I'm, something <laughs> we will huh? we will be doing a barbie episode but the yes. the uh billy eilish song that she wrote for the barbie yeah. movie that lately has been like ooh, that one's hitting i actually <sighs> just uh -huh. um but we'll save that for the barbie episode which we will be doing Good. spotify spotify yes. has um these playlists so one is called like it's like uh, the sound it's like a movie soundtrack but it, it it's if your life was a movie uh so it 
it kind of like it's specific to you so like if yeah it's actually slaps it's so good um interesting then they also have a villain mode playlist and (laughs) what yeah and i don't know if that one is different or if it's the same for everyone but one of the songs on there on mine it's called labor and listen this song i was listening to it at work i know what song i was listening to it at work the other day and i was like this is like this is what it's like to be a woman. <laughs> I feel this <laughs> like deeply. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. 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 Nothing, nothing like uh, being on a road trip with some friends and you're just putting on some classic tunes to sing along with. And then that song comes on <laughs> and everybody is like rage scream crying. It's like, yeah, we're all really going yeah. through it, huh? I'll, 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 send, I'll send you the... I'll send it. You can listen to it, Josue. Um, but that yeah, it, yeah. that kind of reminds me. Um, Avery uh, Adler made... I think that's how you say her last name? Anyways, she made a tabletop role-playing game based around music. Um, and Ooh. actually, it's a lot of fun. And I actually used it in uh, therapy sessions, in, in like one-on-one sessions with clients but basically each person at the table um like makes a playlist like adds songs or makes basically everybody like makes a playlist and then you kind of build out who your characters are and then you play scenes like with the music and stuff um it's pretty cool huh. i'll um oh my gosh yeah i gotta look up the i was free uh it's called ribbon drive i'd be happy we can we can play it on uh gta once it gets revived oh yeah geek therapy adventures is coming back woo 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 coming soon to a podcast but that's like an interesting way of like taking you. music and you know yeah yeah making it and it's perfect for you because you make playlists for your characters anyways <laughs> i do i do yes i do thank you it's i think they're really helpful for me um and my most yeah. recent D D character uh without even knowing it i made a rather uh apt <laughs> playlist without even realizing it <laughs> nice so um you mentioned something earlier about grief and how it started popping up all over the place so i asked chat gpt what that thing is called when you know when like what's that phenomenon when you start seeing something all over the place uh confirmation it bias? says it's it's called the <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> well, <clears throat> no, not exactly. Um, and I, this sounds right to me, the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Or oh, yeah. Just this, right? Um, the frequency illusion, right? Of like, oh, I'm experiencing grief and now I see grief stories all over the place. And um, I don't know. I think, I think that's, a, that's, that's an interesting part of this as well. Because you can revisit the same piece of media a, a different time. And depending on what you're experiencing, you might see it very differently. Or just interpret something completely That's differently. True. Not just because we're seeing a different version of the story, like That's right, true. like like with the game, but just because you're in a completely different place right now. That is true. Yep. But I do like this idea of uh, stuff having soundtracks. Like obviously, movies have soundtracks and TV shows have soundtracks, and I love that. But I do like these these um, like connected soundtracks. I remember the uh, the Scott Pilgrim books. Mm. The the author he has a, a list that he has a soundtrack that goes with every book um that to him like represents yeah he, it's like a recommended playlist while you're reading each of the books and i like stuff like that a lot 
someday the resonance podcast will see the light of day <laughs> someday <laughs> until then i'll keep sending you all the cool music tiktoks i see <laughs> yes yes all right so i think that's it um for for this topic any closing thoughts kayla no any closing thoughts link um yeah i'm i don't i i think this was a good conversation and i'm excited to hear what our listeners use as their shorthand explanations yes through media examples and clips and lines (laughs) monologues you know whatever a little shakes i'm excited i'm excited a little sh- yeah. just a little shakespeare for fun yeah <laughs> there's some good stuff in there there is there's some pretty good I th- stuff i think yeah. i think the uh are you do, do you bite your thumb <laughs> i do not at you sir <laughs> but i do i think about that all the time <laughs> <laughs> well thank you all for listening thank you ChatGPT, for the help throughout the episode <laughs> um uh yeah please share your versions of um with these experiences whether your own or clients or friends family that'd be great share them in the community spaces links to those are in the show notes thanks again for listening remember to geek out and do good and we'll be back next week mm, bye geek therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture to learn more about our mission and become a supporter visit geektherapy.org